0: Hello and welcome to Uplifting Impact. I'm so excited to be here with Julia Wench. She is a recovering perfectionist. Oh, we have all been there. Um, She's also a leadership and career coach, a corporate trainer, and a keynote speaker with a mission to enhance human connection and fulfillment at work and in life. And what she does is she uses positive psychology and her blueprint, which is called the Authenticity Guide, to really provide some of the soft skills and training to individuals, corporates, and university teams. We are so excited to be able to have her here because we share a lot of passions. Uh, I think number one, we're both passionate about leadership, we're both passionate about social impact, and we're both passionate about social entrepreneurship. But the reason that we're here having this conversation today is because we're also really passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So welcome, Julia. Thank you so much. It is an absolute
1: pleasure to be here, and I'm a big fan, so just really excited for the conversation.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I just appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule uh, to spend to spend some time with us. And I really am excited too, because we don't always get a chance to talk to people who are coming at this work from a leadership perspective. So maybe let's start there and just tell us a little bit more about what you do in the, in the world of leadership and personal development.
1: Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm the founder of The Authenticity Guide, and so uh, I'm a a career development and leadership coach, and I work with individuals and corporations and universities, and I, I coach on leadership skills, and I also give workshops and facilitate on topics like Imposter syndrome, work-life balance, EQ and leadership. This, this kind of phrase, soft skills that I so detest. Um, actually, I think these are essential skills of leadership to be a really great leader um, are things that I teach and work with my clients on.
0: That's so awesome. And I do get really annoyed too with the idea of like soft skills because you're like, how about let's label them the most important skills that you could ever need in order to be a leader? It just seems like that's maybe too long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it could work though. We could
0: hyphenate, we could acronym. Yeah, let's work I, on that. Let's, <laughs> should. let's let's make that one of our projects. But I do agree with you that so often when I'm working with clients too, and we're getting to a place where there's been a challenge, particularly with With like somebody feeling like they don't want to stay at the organization or having a hard time maintaining people in the organization, it comes back to not having those fundamental skills, which is why I always say like diversity, equity, and inclusion is not like a nice to have. It's a necessity. It's one of those necessary skills that every leader needs to have. Absolutely. Yeah. And with diversity comes cognitive
1: diversity and different ways of approaching problems and solving problems and communicating. And, you know, the research shows us that if we have teams that all look and sound the same and come from the same backgrounds, they will come up with similar solutions to problems. And that is not actually the best way to innovate and solve problems. And so there's, as you know, a very, very strong business case for for diversity and, and inclusion.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that I would love to do is actually just talk to you in particular about an organization that I know you've been really involved in that brings kind of both of these ideas of leadership and diversity, equity, and inclusion together. So could you tell us a little bit, a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love
1: to. And the organization you're referring to is called Helios and it's located here where I am in North Carolina. It's in Durham. And Helios teaches free business classes to necessity-driven entrepreneurs. And I want to provide a little bit more detail about what that means. But in order to qualify for the program, in order to be a client that we serve, you have to first be an entrepreneur with an existing business. So a business that you're spending at least a couple hours a week on, that's the first ten. And the second thing is you have to be earning less than living wage to qualify to participate in our program. Um, and that's household income. And so what the what the program really does is it puts entrepreneurs through a 10-week, basically accelerated business school program in a cohort of other entrepreneurs. And Uh, 80% of our clients are women and or people of color. And at the end of the 10 weeks, they graduate with a business plan and an 18-month strategic plan. And then they get access to the Helios Fellowship, which is a one-year program where they have monthly coaching, mentoring, and access to subject matter experts kind of all over the community. And the organization has an incredible success rate. We have a 90% success rate um so far for our clients and we define success in a really specific way it's one of one of two tracks so the first way is clients graduate the fellowship and they're earning more than living wage through their business the second uh kind of bucket that we define success is the client has intentionally shut down his or her business because it wasn't viable and so in our minds helping clients to intentionally shut down a business that isn't viable is actually success because it helps save valuable time and money and so that's helios and i i want to just Say a word about my interest in the organization and kind of my story behind why I'm interested. We'd love a good story here. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, so I, I'm an entrepreneur, as I mentioned, my husband is also an entrepreneur uh, and he uh, started a restaurant in our community and he did so with a business school classmate of mine. And as you may know, in order to start a restaurant, it's not cheap. You need quite a bit of startup capital, And we had this incredible network of individuals that we could turn to for fundraising, right? We had something called an angel round, which Mm -hmm. is your family, friends, and fools round. You know, it's people who know you, who trust you, who have excess capital just flying around and can give you some and can invest uh, in a risky business endeavor like a restaurant. We fundraised 100% through our family, friends, and angel network. And so I think in some circles, the thought is like, that's so impressive. You went out and hustled. My thought about the whole thing, though, though I was proud of my husband and I was proud of his business partner. And we now run a thriving restaurant is most people don't have access to family and friends with extra capital just flying around. And those people have ideas that are just as good, if not better. And what are we doing to support those communities? Because entrepreneurship Spurs the economy. (laughs) It creates jobs, it creates livelihoods. People, if you're an underrepresented minority who starts a business, you're more likely to hire underrepresented minorities in your business. You're more likely to have a catalytic effect on communities that you come from. And so we know all this, and I just was really troubled by how easy it was for us to raise money and start a business. And so Helios executive director, Gerard Staten, and I became good friends. He's just this really inspiring individual who I'll give you all the links so your listeners can look up Helios. And and the rest is kind of history. And so we have um, become a great team under his leadership. uh, And we've served over 60 entrepreneurs in the community.
0: You know, that's really amazing. And there's a couple of pieces I I would love to just pull out of what you just shared in that story. I think one of them is the recognition that you had of the privileges that were at your disposal, And I think a lot of times, um, at least when we're doing work, when people see those, there's kind of like two pathways. There's three maybe that you can go. One, you can completely ignore them. The other is to get, double down and be like, no, I didn't. I don't have any of those. And then another pathway, which I think is the one that leads to greater allyship and really leads to these innovative opportunities, is to say, no, I did have privileges. What could I do to be able to exercise my own privilege to make sure that I'm creating a way and a pathway forward for other people. And so you just did it. That's like a beautiful example, right. Of what you can do in that moment when you're willing to step back and like reconcile. I did. And not, but, and there's a way for us to be able to move other people forward uh, through some similar, you know, some, some, some similar opportunities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well said. And another way that I like to say that when I'm kind of posing this question to clients and others is what kind of capital do you have access to that others may not? And notice that word capital can be used in a, in a lot of different contexts, right? It's, it's social and networking capital. Maybe it's financial capital. Maybe it's community awareness capital. Maybe it's marketing capital, recognition capital, right? Like what, what is your capital, that you have a lot of that other people might not? And how can you use that to uplift others who don't have access to it? So that's just a really fun way to think about that question.
0: So I love what you just said about capital, because there are so many different ways that people can bring their capital to use. And so a lot of times what we'll talk about too, especially in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, and especially at work, is what capital do you have within your institution? Who can yes. you have a conversation with that other people couldn't have a conversation with? What yes. uh, meetings are you in that other people don't get to go to? Uh, what are the protocols that you get a chance to influence through your you know, commentary before they become the protocols for the organization? Who gets to make the hiring decisions? Are you part of those places? And I think that a lot of times, again, this idea of capital, as you're explaining it in the entrepreneurial space, really can be used as capital in our corporate spaces also.
1: Absolutely. Yes. The question of access is absolutely paramount. And to be honest, I, I see that quite a bit with my coaches of color who feel and, and are correct in um, expressing that they don't feel that they have access to spaces that many others, particularly white people, particularly white men, particularly white straight men, do have access to and historically have had access to. And so that's an, a, a challenge that is very real, very with us. And people of color in corporate settings, we're a long way from the inclusion piece. Absolutely.
0: One of the things that you mentioned as you were talking about the um, organization Helios, which I love, by the way, is you were really explaining that this was an idea or that you were really looking for organizations that were necessity driven entrepreneurs or, or enterprises. Can you explain what that what that
1: is? Absolutely. So the phrase necessity-driven entrepreneurs, we use it to mean two things. The first thing is sometimes when we think about entrepreneurship, we think about it as a nice to have or a side hustle turned full-time thing. For many people, entrepreneurship is actually the only option, hence necessity-driven. And we have lots of clients who have been involved with the justice system, maybe clients who have childcare situations where they can't afford to put their kids in daycare right? and so they can't actually have a 9 to 5 job because they're a single parent um, that's necessity driven entrepreneurship we also define it as people who have significant barriers to overcome when they do become entrepreneurs and so you can think of that like bad credit unbanked communities right lack of access to a business education so it's it's those two things it's kind of starting a business out of necessity because there's a lack of other options and also when you start a business, lacking access to resources that many other people might take for granted.
0: You know, I think the entrepreneur space is an easy place to see how this happens. Um, this idea that, uh, like, for example, I just had a conversation with somebody who was talking about how there's so few people of color who are in the tech world. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was trying to, to press this this individual on is, but why? why is that? what where are the places where along the pathway we have said to women or to people of color tech is not the right space for you and how have we done that we've done that through many of the things that you just listed having the ability to be able to go to a school and give up a year of income or do right there's there are things that we have systematized yep right, into our, into our practice that allow for us to really continue to kind of move forward the, the current status, right, that allow for us to just get deeper and deeper and more saturated in what is as opposed to what could be. So I really appreciate that you've got this, like, vision of, okay, let's redefine what an entrepreneur needs, and let's say that one of the needs has to be sometimes the very things that we say are reasons why you can't. You've you've almost taken it and just flipped it on its head, right? You can't be an entrepreneur. You're a single mom or a single dad. You can't be an entrepreneur because you have bad credit. You can't be an entrepreneur because, and you've literally taken those things and flipped them to the other side. And what you're seeing is fantastic results.
1: It's incredible um, having people be in charge of their own businesses, in charge of their own destiny, calling the shots, making all of the business decisions and having the freedom that comes along with that
0: uh, can be so invaluable for so many individuals. So I'm going to put a challenge forward for our listeners. If you are in an industry right now and you have a list of reasons why people can't join your industry or join your organization, you know, they don't have a college degree, they don't have a, my challenge is going to be, what if you flipped it? What if you said that what we're really looking for are people who have the things that are currently on our like no fly list, right? Like on our no, no, that's not going to fly here, right? Uh, we, we're going to take that list and we're going to actually look at what kind of candidates we would get if if we flipped it and we said we're we're actually actively looking for for people who are on that side of of the ledger right now. I, I think it would be such an incredible, even just a thought exercise.
1: I think it's incredible, and I think the other thing that comes to mind, even just as that exercise, is you know, in many companies give bonuses to employees who refer people to the company who end up getting hired. And so what this does is that people, many people are networked within their own communities. And many times what this does is white people feel safe in referring people from white communities and they get those referral bonuses. And what does this do to salary um, imbalances? And so How can we think about bonus structures um, for our colleagues of color who are referring within their communities, people who might not traditionally fit the background of the job description and think about bonuses and financial equity in that way, too? That's another interesting way to think about it.
0: Absolutely. uh, When I think about the level of creativity that can be deployed when you really are committed to trying to think about diverse spaces, and you're open to taking a lot of the protocols and a lot of the systems that have been in place for some time and have created the things that you're trying to undo, really taking those to task and really saying, nope, we're going to open ourselves up to like a clean slate, right? And and start from the beginning and really think about each one of these practices like bonus structure. That's a perfect example. And it's actually not that hard, right? It's, It's not that hard to institute something that would allow for you to really incentivize bringing in people from different backgrounds.
1: Totally. And I think this is just another instance of representation matters. (laughs) And so, you know, I think about in the context of entrepreneurship, right? So much of the work we do is demystifying the word entrepreneurship so that people feel that they can claim it, right? If you're someone who is selling bracelets on the side, but you've sold bracelets and you've made money from doing that, you're an entrepreneur, right? Like entrepreneurship is... Selling something, <laughs> something, okay. um, and so I think the same can be said of all of these other industries that you're talking about, right? It's reclaiming or almost democratizing the ability for different types of people to claim these identities, like coder or te- whatever, whatever it is, right? And so representation in these job titles and words it just matters so much to help the next generation see themselves in these different spaces.
0: That's right on. Thank you so much. So Julia, I know that people are going to want to know more about your organization. They're probably going to want to replicate it. So you're going to have to uh, get, get ready to get some people who are, who are coming into your inbox, but tell us what's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: So, uh, a couple of things. So, if you'd like to talk to me about career and leadership coaching, you can visit my website, which uh, I will give you the link for. If you're interested in learning more about Helios, we are doing a fundraiser right now uh, for our next cohort of individuals to go through that 10-week program. So, if if you're interested in sponsoring a student or sponsoring the cohort, uh, you can visit heliusnc.com, and we can provide that info for you too. And there's a giving page, but also please feel free to just reach out to me by email. If you'd like to chat about anything we discussed, I'd welcome the conversation.
0: That is so amazing. Thank you so much for opening your, yourself up to have a further conversation with our listeners. And thanks so much for really being the bridge between this idea of leadership and diversity, equity, and inclusion. And not just, you know, talking about it. I think one of the things I really appreciate about you is that you're living in that space, that you're using your own time and talent and resources to be able to really create a a perfect example of what this could look like and how this can be achieved in the entrepreneurial sector, but also just in all sectors. So I I appreciate the modeling that you're doing for us. It's almost like you're a coach. (laughs) (laughs) And I will just say, I am learning and growing every day
1: and I am so open to being wrong. And I think that is a key tenet to this process. I'm open to saying the wrong thing. I'm open to doing the wrong thing and I'm open to listening. Um, And so I would just encourage listeners to think about how are you comfortable being wrong? Because that's how you're going to grow and that's how you're going to become better. And so perfection is not something that I think I will ever achieve nor will anyone ever achieve. The best we can hope is to learn and grow um, and better support the people around us who are less
0: resourced than we are. Amazing. Well, thank you again so much for for being here with us today. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Remember, we love having friends here at Uplifting Impact. So, if you loved this podcast, which how could you not because we talked to Julia, please uh, share with other people, invite them to the podcast also. We here at Uplifting Impact believe that the more people we have who are creating those bridges between leadership and diversity, equity, and inclusion, and really rethinking and not being afraid to, to be wrong, the The more we have uh, people doing that, the more we're going to have a diverse, equitable, and inclusive community. And isn't that what we're all searching for and all in desperate need of right now? So thank you so much. Can't wait to connect with you again on our next show.